We need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Woman, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Welcome to another episode of Woman Get In Podcast. I am Miley. And I'm Mandy. And are feeling good. We're plugged in. Oh, and definitely plugged in for sure. <laughs> literally, figuratively, yeah. literally. <laughs> because you will notice there's a major difference in today's episode. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear um, one of us sounds like we're on the phone for the episode, but yeah. we're not. Nope. We're sitting right there, live, yep. in person. Unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> so one mic inadvertently caught both of us. Well, I can tell you it wasn't Mandy. It's a good thing we have <laughs> such good mics. Yes. Otherwise, we might and not so... have heard you at all. And we were sitting right, right next, next to, to each other. other. Yeah. So that's good. But this mic still, even like if you look at the audio or the visual, uh, like if we saved the video, you would see, I mean, the mic is probably still because we kind of keep them on opposite yeah. sides of each other they're a good foot and a half apart yeah. from each other yeah it's not that yeah. close still, to you i mean yours still picked up my voice and yeah. i talk loud naturally yeah. i use a- my outdoor voice <laughs> inside yes. so yes i love that miley has outdoor volume and outdoor volume <laughs> <laughs> yes. it's like outdoor volume and outdoor volume plus <laughs> oh, I like that. Kind of like Disney Disney Plus. Yeah, it's okay. like your singing yes. volume. Ah, thank you, thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. si, señorita. Have you sung anywhere recently? Have I sung anywhere recently? I sang at a veterans thing for the city of Glendale. Okay. And for Veterans Day? No, it was a it was a service event that the city of Glendale mayor, Mayor Jerry Wires, he does this event called Stand Up for Vets once mm. a year. It happens September, October-ish. Okay. It's a day where he has recruited uh, tons of people, organizations from all over Phoenix. And there's a section of, uh, so he does it on a college campus. So he'll use one building as a job fair. One building for medical services, one building for dental and other like optometry services. Then there's another building that he has recruited volunteer lawyers to come help with legal services. And it's all for anybody who is a vet who needs access to resources. So we have a VA here in Phoenix. Is is this like for people who don't choose to access the VA? So you actually have to be eligible for the VA. Oh. So there are a lot of people who are vets, but if they don't meet a certain requirement of disability, they can't be served by the VA hospital. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I just assumed everyone who did a service Mm -hmm. and like, you know, your happy ass went over to Afghanistan, you get service from the VA. No. Negative. What? Sometimes you might get 10%, 20%, but you never get full service. So it's only the fully disabled people who... Mr. Boyfriend gets services from there. Does he? Yeah, and he's not disabled at all. Well, then how come he doesn't go get his root canal? Well, they don't have any dental. Well, see, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So they're like for dental, you have yeah. There's a lot of services that you don't. It might be that with medical, you might get some, but not everyone gets dental. Not everyone gets social services. So there's not like not everyone gets help to find a job. Not everyone gets help to access a lawyer to talk about any legal. What? questions um. issues they have like you know setting up 
a will or anything. Mm-hmm. So uh, this event, Mayor Wires puts together once a year. He's been doing it for about 10 years now. And organiz- I mean, the VA hospital comes and they're one of the vendors. And uh, they so there's also like lots of different insurance companies that will also come and provide ins- information mm-hmm. to vets about their options for medical insurance, dental insurance, life insurance. Stuff. Cool. Yeah. That's interesting. And and social workers that will help them navigate some of the social barriers that they're facing. Mental health services. So that stuff should all be access accessible to everyone. I think mental health services are, but not all healthcare stuff are, right? So like dental is definitely not provided to everybody. And so there's a lot of other medical services that aren't provided. I think you get basic healthcare. Mm -hmm. You get definitely mental health if you need it. Mm -hmm. But there's not there's different tiers of getting services i'm like you if you went to afghanistan and had to go through any of that you should just have the full gamut well yeah but you know that's (laughs) the thing there are so many people and the vet also no i know i know i'm not i'm just saying there's so many people that the va isn't the va hospital itself does not it's not equipped Mm -hmm. with enough resources to provide for all of the vets and so like i said there's not like a, a social worker there that can help you find a job. But to, whose fault you know. is that? The hospital. Like, that's the government. It's put the money into it. Like, I don't know. If you're so ha- happy on having this great big military and being yeah. this superpower, yeah. you have to put your money where your mouth is. I was just asked to come sing the anthem, <laughs> and I walked around. I met vets. I did. And... I do actually remember seeing this on your story, and I remember thinking it was cool. Yeah. So it's a holiday week this week. It is holiday. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And uh, uh, Mandy, yeah. I'm very grateful for you. I know that you. Mm-hmm. It's one yeah. of those holidays that I don't. Uh... Well, it has a pretty sketchy background. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, historically, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. It is. Quote. I put. the word holiday I put in quotes these days because I'm like have a good holiday (laughs) I do the little air quote thing every time because the federal government still recognizes it and a lot of people get a day off a lot of people don't but um yeah it's it's it has a very sketchy background and what we're taught in school is just not the reality of Thanksgiving like pilgrims and Indians didn't sit down and break bread happily and all this nonsense happily is the uh operative term it's a complete farce there was no yeah there were no turkeys at Thanksgiving it was wild game and um it was totally different and like from what I understand it was the pilgrims actually one of the early Thanksgivings they celebrated this 400 person massacre of some tribe and know that it's there's a local restaurant here in Phoenix that like says they, they close on Thanksgiving for the day of mourning. Oh. And I'm like, that's probably more appropriate, but that does sound more appropriate. I, I just flip Thanksgiving. It is, it is, has absolutely nothing to do with the native Americans and the Indians. Every day I feel like I mourn or fight some little battle regarding native Americans, or I flip, flip the script on something that somebody believes about people of color or indigenous people and i just remind them that you know that's that's a thing and um you weren't here first and yeah (laughs) (laughs) um costumes are ridiculous and uh just the history of it all i encourage people to look a little more into i just like to think of it as honestly what it is like thanksgiving right show up enjoy the day off if you get it and 
just a day to be a little extra grateful and thankful for all that you have. Mm -hmm. And I love it because it's an eating holiday. Yes, and for I love sure. Food. Yes, yes. Do, I do you too. celebrate Thanksgiving? You do, right? My family does. I got demoted from <laughs> cooking this year. Oh, did you? I really love cook? cooking Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not a good cook. I remember you telling but us this last year because we were of all, before we yes, went to Hawaii. But I, I don't know. Something about Thanksgiving is like I love to cook because I like to provide for the people I love. And so like cooking is kind of like the way I show love on my Thanksgiving day, holiday, whatnot. And so like I'll usually do the whole meal. Like a standard American. Yes, a standard American meal. And <laughs> apparently my meal was quote dry last year well, so i've been demoted <laughs> i've been demoted so this year i'm just gonna chill and make everybody else work and then when they provide all the food i'm gonna be like this is a little quote dry <laughs> i'm just gonna throw it back so, at them <laughs> was it just a turkey that was dry that's what they said i mean turkey's always dry turkey's i thought it was really good <laughs> that's what the gravy's for duh. Uh, no actually like <clears throat> I, like maybe it was just last year i was also not that i'm making excuses i was also making it in my aunt's kitchen so maybe the oven's oh. weird or whatnot but whenever i make it when i've made it in my own oven in the past uh it's always been moist to me um i have lots of tips for that but i'm not going to give them out because I'm not encouraging y'all yeah. to be no, turkeys. No worries. But, um, but um, yeah, I, I decided I'm going to make uh, Thanksgiving dinner a day early this year. Oh. I decided, and I tell Mr. Boyfriend, I said, so, like a week ago, I said, I'm going to make Thanksgiving. I'm thinking I want to make Thanksgiving dinner on Wednesday uh -huh. next week. And he said, oh, okay. I said, so I just kind of want to do it early. He goes, well, what day is it normally? Uh oh. <laughs> You know, that's what my new flight instructor asked me, too, because I was like, hey, do you fly during Thanksgiving? He goes, well, what day is that? Yeah, this he is like, amazing. This is the <laughs> only like, person oh. I've heard ever say this. Okay, now there's two, because that's what happened to me with my new flight instructor, which I will tell you more about later. But yes, I was trying to schedule a flight and he goes, well, what day is Thanksgiving? Because I probably can't do it that night. I'll be at my mom's. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. So it's a boy thing. Yes. I, I, I think I was washing dishes or I was preparing. I was in the kitchen and he was kind of in the entryway of the kitchen. And I just turned and slow turn and looked <laughs> at him like, is he kidding me right now? And I go, what what day is thanks? Like, do you mean the date? He goes, day, date. I just I don't know the date of Thanksgiving. Like, what date does that fall on? And I was like, OK, well, it doesn't fall on a date. It always falls on the fourth Thursday in or November. Is it the fourth or the last Thursday? The fourth. Because oh. sometimes there are five. Okay. This year, I think it's like, it's, it's still the last Thursday, the, but yeah, like yes. the last okay. day of the month sure. is Wednesday. Got you. So, yes, yes. Um, and some days it falls on the, f like some days there is a fifth Thursday, just depending on how that month falls. Got but um, it's always on the fourth Thursday. And he was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And I just go, <laughs> I'm, I just look, I'm just looking at him thinking, what, what has you done in the past? What is it like yeah. in your world? <laughs> like where you just Aww, don't know Mr. where things. Boyfriend. It's so funny to me. I'm just like you. This is such a dude thing. I'm like 40 years and you just you're like, what? <laughs> when is Thanksgiving? Like, when is it normally? I don't know. Like you just show up where someone has told you to show, show up. up. Yeah. The same with your flight instructor. And it might sure. also be because like, for example, my brother, uh, he has a Friendsgiving with his, yeah. his his church friends tonight. And I think over the years, Thanksgiving has 
become more of a social event where mm-hmm. it's about giving things, showing gratitude, being, uh, be, you know, being grateful for the yeah. things that we have in life and the people that we have in life. That it's all about just gathering people together. And sometimes now people are like, well, why don't we do it on this random day and or this other day? And then people have kind of forgotten that it falls on the fourth Thursday of mm-hmm. November. They're just whenever my friends want to get together for Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving, yeah. that'll be that's Thanksgiving. I think here in Arizona, because a lot of people are transplants. Ah, mm-hmm. that may be even more prevalent. Right, but I yeah. mean, he's, Mr. Boyfriend's <laughs> from Michigan. Like, I know you celebrated this on the day every year, but also I think nowadays people tend to work different schedules yeah. and not everybody has a day off. And mm. like, but like, uh, I just, I just thought it was so entertaining. He was like, when is that exactly? <laughs> I love that he's comfortable enough and totally like, totally oh. cool with being like, you know what? I actually yeah. don't know when that is. Can I'm like, you just this, tell me this where is I'm someone that's when like, that is? he's like, I mean, he go, he got kind of defensive because I just started laughing. I was like, wait, are you serious <laughs> right now? And he goes, I just don't know the date. And I'm like, well, okay, it's not on a date. So <laughs> that's probably why you don't know the date because it's yeah, like never it's the same. To, yeah. You know what I mean? It changes mm-hmm. every year. It's just on the fourth Thursday. And he was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and like it's one day out of the year. But Maybe like, it's a piece of information that the brain doesn't need to I remember. I mean, 40 times I, over, yeah. it hasn't been beaten into well, your Well, you know, there are a lot of things that I'm like, you know, that's one piece of information that I do not use on a daily basis. So let's just delete that from my brain. And I will, somebody will remind me about that piece of information whenever yeah. it's relevant. Like every other day is so obvious. Christmas Eve, <laughs> New Year's Eve. It's so yeah. obvious. Halloween. I yeah like valentine's Mm -hmm. day all of those dates like those dates do have a those days have Mm -hmm. specific dates yeah thanksgiving is actually a it's a variable it's like easter easter i have to look up Ah, every year yes like easter is a weird religious thing where a certain number of days i know it always falls on a sunday i just never know which sunday same same with lunar new year lunar new year this year is january uh 21st or something but it changes like other years it's february February. something some years it's you know so that's probably yeah yeah it's based well that's based on the moon yeah which makes sense to me Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't i'm not good at easter i'm I'm not not, i don't know good easter i have to i rely on the u.s holidays calendar i do the same i just go to google and i swipe until i see the little marker at the top of the day and i'm oh there it is okay great um uh so you're not cooking the rest of your family is cooking tradition And and then traditional American, but also a lot of Vietnamese food. Again, for us, it's another time to get together. It's for me. It's it's when it's when I actually spend time with my family. I spend a lot of time with my mom and my brother, but not my extended family as much as I used to. And Mm. I've been trying to be a little bit better cousin, a better niece. You're enough just the way you are. Are they trying to be better for you? Mm. Mm. Are they? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay then yeah you get what you give everybody mm. yeah for a lot of people this week is really triggering like going to hang out with family mm, yeah mm-hmm. and just i mean need i say more like yeah, having no, to hang out with your family i tried to reach so i've reached out to my mom and my sister because i'm going home the night of thanksgiving so i land early friday i'm on is a this your boyfriend eye. going with you no no he's off for the weekend but i'm staying for like a week yeah because I couldn't find any decent flights back for a reasonable like amount of money. And so I'm just staying a week. He has to work. We're vacationing together in December. Ooh, where? 
San Diego. Ooh. Nothing too crazy, but seeing the new baby, mm-hmm. Ben's new baby, best friend Ben. And just being in a place with beautiful weather and good food. Absolutely. I mean, Phoenix is great this time of year. Yeah. Don't get it twisted, but... I haven't we he and I haven't been out of town since the summer so ah. it's like we've both been itching to Good. I'm excited you guys I can I gotta fly somewhere I gotta drive somewhere I gotta stare at some different walls you know me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so anyways he's not going with me but I was really feeling like I wanted to go see my nephew and everybody oh, yeah so I just started looking up flights and I found a decent one I just I have to fly a red eye but uh. I was like, hey, are you guys cooking? Are you eating together on Thanksgiving? Mm. And my sister likes to stay at her house and likes to do everything her way. And my mom, my mom would rather everybody come there. And I don't know if my sister really even wants to entertain anyone. And she's trying to get out of going to, it's not her sister-in-law, but it's her, it's my nephew's aunt. Mm. So it's his dad's sister. Mm -hmm. Um she really doesn't want to go there because there's like a million people going it's a tiny house and my sister just does not love social <laughs> interactions she's like an hour in and she's kind of done um so i'm like are you guys eating on thursday are you getting together do you want to do a whole big thanksgiving on friday <laughs> like when i get there and i mean that was really a long shot ask because yeah everything they make isn't vegan anyways of course and they but were like just getting people together in my yeah, mind. Yeah. I mean, you travel half the distance of the yeah. width of the United States. You travel from all south all the way to the north. Most of you the know, country. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the least they can do <laughs> is travel 30 minutes or so just to yeah. go to the same place and we'll see have, everyone. I mean, they're not that far apart. Yeah. They're like 20 minutes away okay, from each yeah, other. Yeah. It's pretty close. But I was like, we will plan some dinners together. Yeah. Even if they decide to do all their Thanksgiving stuff mm-hmm. on their own, that's fine. I'll just show up and eat what I can from leftovers. Yeah. I plan on doing a lot of wine drinking. Oh. I told Mr. Boyfriend earlier today, I'm like, I just want to be done with all this stuff so I can start drinking and enjoy my holiday already. Maybe uh, just eat. I had a Friendsgiving this week. I was going to oh, say, yeah? maybe you just need to eat like a ton of carbs maybe and be carbs. happy. No, what I really need is four cups of my sangria lemonade from Salad and Go. That's what I need. Oh, and it's But they gone. don't make it anymore. Yeah, it's summertime. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'm working on improving my A1C, so oh, can't yeah. really do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you reducing things like Well, I cut out the products? lemonade. Oh. Uh, animal products affect your A1C yeah, because yeah, of the cholesterol. Does. That's true. Mm-hmm. Dairy. I cut out the lemonade and I've been drinking more water and I've been taking my medications because, uh, you know, is this, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I've shared on the podcast that I'm looking into egg grazing. Uh, you so, hinted around yeah. at it, but people, if they would have had to listen to last yeah, season. Last season. So. Yeah. So I am looking into egg freezing. My goal was egg freeze in December. I think I'm going to miss that target. I think it's going to be more like January, but We'll see. I'm going to go for another consultation in a week or two and see if I can still be on par for December. If not, mm-hmm. then it'll be January. But like I said, I'm trying. And because of that, I've gone through all of this testing. And so I I have some podcasts to recommend for you to absolutely listen to um, in regards to that, because a lot of people go through the steps of freezing their eggs and then like later when it comes time to because you I guess the best outcome is to what's it called like fertilize them right when they're harvested that's not always an option for everybody right like a lot of people are doing this because they're single they're not always with their person who they want to have babies with later um but then you go to retrieve these eggs and harvest them late like 
fertilize them later. Fertilize them Harvest later. and whatever you want. I don't know. It's like yeah, harvest is when they re- like <laughs> suck it out yes. of my body. Yes. That's harvesting. And then they'll freeze it. And then when I'm ready, they'll defreeze it or they'll defrost it. And then they'll fertilize it. But what happens with eggs, maybe this is what you are about to say is um, eggs versus. So eggs by themselves versus fertilized eggs mm-hmm. uh, the eggs i believe it might it's one of the it's this or the opposite mm-hmm. but one of the two has more water in it which mm-hmm. it's probably the eggs because what happens is uh fertilized eggs have less water content i believe and that's why they tend to be more successful when oh. you freeze them because when you defrost them there's less water that needs to be defrosted whereas eggs have more water content so when you defrost them there's always a chance that the eggs didn't don't survive the defrosting right but i mean people go to even aside from what ones survive then you fertilize them but then uh, so there's a lot of testing that needs to be done before you even know if you are eligible like can you even carry a pregnancy it was fascinating it was all these people about like all these miscarriages and doctors let women have four miscarriages before they order a certain really simple free blood test that tells you um, if you're a carrier of oh. these couple, these couple okay, genetic yeah, traits, for sure. And it's like women go oh, through all this hassle of doing all, of doing all these things, and then they later find out that their body needs X, Y, and Z That's in order to carry a pregnancy to term, or like they'll never be able to carry a pregnancy to term. So like they should have been planning for a surrogate for their eggs. I mean, they're just like it's really good to know. I I did genetic testing to to see if I'm a carrier of anything, oh, and I am a carrier for two two very very rare conditions and the only way my babies would have that condition is if my partner also Mm. carries the same rare uh recessive gene Gene. as well so as long as my partner has a dominant gene then and or doesn't carry this rare recessive gene then i'm fine so they are not concerned about the baby having any defects but the genetic thing about carrying a baby that's probably i haven't been tested for that and so that's good i'll i'll definitely want to listen to those podcasts yeah it's a good one it was and it's a super simple blood test and it 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 checks for a handful of things that has to do with something in your blood and it was like the reason that this girl miscarried a couple of times and um it was silly that like she found unnecessary is a singer christina perry oh you know her yes i love her yeah. A thousand years. So, yeah, it's her episode. Uh, she guested on this episode of this oh, podcast. So I okay. thought I sent it to you, but I will send it to you again. That'd be great. And Thank you. Making sure it's your homework. Thank you. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on. December is the month for me to focus on my check ride and focus on my little eggs before they prune up inside me. <laughs> uh, but, but really, it's. Uh, yeah. Have you had your egg count done? So I got that tested back in July to see if I was even. Uh, eligible because I'm kind of what they consider geriatric. <laughs> Are you 35? So I'm 36. Oh, 36. And okay. so they recommend that the best time to egg freeze is like 26. So I'm like 10 years older than the average age that they recommend. So, but, but those numbers are so arbitrary. I know they are. And so when they did my testing, even without the drugs, I had uh, 15. Mm-hmm. eggs which means of the 15 a good half of them are probably sufficient like they're not abnormal so i so they say that i should you know i should go ahead and do it but i might have to do two rounds mm-hmm. but if that's what i am without drugs maybe with the drugs it'll even be more because the drugs make them big and plump and fat and mm-hmm. ready to yeah. go yeah 
That's so cool. I've learned listen. a lot by listening to this other Ooh, show. Why I'm, are you listening to them? It's just part of a group of podcasts ah, I listen to okay. all the time. Cool, cool. And because yeah. I know you're going through it, it's like yeah. borderline interesting because I know lots of people do that. And I'm always interested in women's health stuff. And I just pick up on all these random little things. I feel like I have a little bit of information about a lot of subjects. Hey, that's great. And even if I'm not an expert, I can direct people. Ah, I love it. To where yeah, they can yeah, find yeah. more information no, on no, that. I love that about you. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's what I'm working on. Just, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started with a new flight about? instructor. Why don't, why aren't men though donating their junk? They should be FYI. That's something else I learned on this podcast. Cause men's sperm gets like the quality of it goes down. Like men think they can just like have babies their whole life, but the quality of their sperm also goes down after 35. So heads up dudes who are listening if you want to have kids and you're hitting 30, 35 and you're like not ready right now, maybe you want to freeze some of your babies now for later. What do you think about society placing such an emphasis on women with all of You know how like there's always this like control over female ideologies yeah. about all this stuff. I wonder if that's all part of the whole thing. Like we don't, they don't, they don't emphasize males getting their sperm frozen yeah. because with females they are going to target females and how like you well know, they make know who spends the money yeah. in the house that's marketing mm, yeah women spend the money that women are the sense. like financial decision makers so much of the time uh also it's just easy to play to women's emotions yeah and um that's kind of why i mentioned it because you just never hear them saying that and right. the fact is that this quality of your sperm declines as you age you are more likely to have children with certain like markers, autism and things like that go up as your sperm ages. So if you're thinking about having kids at like 50 and you're 35, maybe you want to freeze some of that higher quality uh, swimmers. <laughs> it's it's just something that they mentioned in the episode. No, no. I just, I'm getting more so critical like, and very... Like, if you were started to date somebody now, and you're like, I know I'm going to freeze my eggs, and you happen to mention it to, to your person, and he's like, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about that. And you're like, well, you know, there's a chance I want to use them in the future. I want to freeze them now while they're healthy and while I can. I have a better chance, uh, you know, versus losing them every month as I, you know, cycle through cycles. Um, saying back to that person, you know, you could also put some of your baby makers on ice. Yeah. I guess I could. I guess uh, I'm like if somebody was in a relationship yeah, and that course. was like a thing that they of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no obligation for well, either of you to of obviously put your right. goos together. And no, babies. but yes, it's a great opportunity for women to kind of empower men to also do the same thing and mm -hmm. educate in that realm. I know a lot of couples who are together and they know they're not ready to have a baby now. They will actually do the freezing, but they will extract their eggs and their sperm and then that's where the physician will fertilize mm -hmm. with your you know and then they will freeze that yeah. fertilized egg mm -hmm. and that's where the fertilized eggs come into play because like a good friend of mine she she went through IVF mm -hmm. and so during the IVF part one is egg freezing where they extract the eggs or you know or harvest the eggs and then they harvest the sperms from her husband and then they actually were able to mix those together and they were able to obtain and create four fertilized eggs. And then uh, from the eggs, they were able to do genetic testing to make sure the 
eggs are okay, or the fertilized eggs are okay. And then they were also able to kind of figure out like which one would be a boy and which one would be a girl. Oh, wow. And they got to choose their first child. And so they implanted the one that was a boy into her and she carried that to term. She now has uh, three more fertilized eggs that has been frozen. Mm-hmm. So her next child, she can choose if it's going to be like, she has two girls and a boy left or something like that. So she can choose amongst the three to see which one she wants to try to implant into her her body or whatever. In case but anyone is triggered by that, I will just say all you are choosing is the chromosomal sex. Yes. That does not determine what the child Sorry. wants to be yes. when they grow up. Correct. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. that. You're choosing chromosomes. Yeah, at that chromosomes. Point. And you know there are more than just XY and yes. XX. It's like XYY, yeah. XXY. It's really fascinating it is. stuff. Like I forget when I heard they started deciding that chromosomes would determine quote your sex and they would determine that at birth it was really a fascinating thing to listen to as well but it's really fascinating how like if you're a couple couple, a couple that aren't ready for kids but you want to have kids later down the road do the IVF thing and just fertile I think free freeze your fertilized eggs because it's a lot more like I said fertilized eggs are a lot there's a better chance of survival for fertilized eggs than than frozen eggs but and you might be saving yourself a ton of headache i mean down the road if you already know you have these little embryos that's awesome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh don't stress about it so speaking of triggers and this week and eating our guest today yes is uh chelsea pruitt Mm -hmm. and she specializes in eating disorders, mm-hmm. treating eating disorders, treating people with eating disorders, helping people yes. recover and That's a better way to put yeah, it. recover and maintain a healthy life where they can manage some uh, uh, some of maybe their disordered eating. So we talk mm-hmm. a little bit about the difference between disordered eating and eating disorders. And she also helps people who are overcoming and recovering from an eating disorder and how to live a healthy, stable life where you, you know, you'll, you'll always, we, I'm, I don't, I don't think I have officially an eating disorder, but mm-hmm. I get triggered by food all the time. You know, like <laughs> there are days where I don't stop eating, you know, and I'm like, and then, so, you know, the, how do, how do we live a life that involves healthy decisions around food? Most of and people lifestyle. our age triggers around food is directly related to our mothers mm. because they grew up in an era of like twiggy as a model and mm. like looking looking beautiful was like your biggest asset and to do that you have to be this shape and this size and do this and that and the other thing like yeah it's it's kind of wild i uh yeah i don't really have any of that anymore i you'll hear about it in the episode yeah. but it was a great episode chelsea is. is a wealth of knowledge and she's full of energy and positivity but not like and we talk a little bit about like mm-hmm. toxic positivity but this is really like um, having a positive mindset so that you can believe in yourself in your recovery process. Yeah, it's definitely affirmation sort of based. It's like I can get dressed and not look in the mirror. And yeah. if my clothes feel good on me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. leave the house and be happy with it. Yeah. So I story. Yeah. I'm like, get dressed like you're a five year old. Don't even look in the mirror. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, just throw on your favorite pants, yeah. shirt, and socks, and go. I always just be like Miley. Wear different socks every I time. I actually love that. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I always, I coach for the Miss Vietnam Arizona pageant, and some of the girls always ask me, like, "Hey, can I get some advice on what like color dress I should get for my evening gown, or what style dress I should get?" And I'm like, 
I don't care what kind of style or color. Pick the dress that you feel good in. The dress that makes you feel great in. That you feel comfortable in. That you are so proud of yourself when you walk in it. Right? Yes, there's a color that looks great. You know, there's always colors that look better on you than other colors. And styles that probably look, quote, look better on you or not. But it's not about that. It's about how you feel. Because how you feel is going to dictate how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. Where you you know, where you go and how you talk and how you interact with other people. So make decisions based on how you feel, because if you don't feel great, you're not going to be your best self. Like you're like in how you carry yourself and how you interact with people, you know, so you were not put on this planet to please everyone around you. So we hope that everyone enjoys this episode. Listen to it. Enjoy your holiday quote (laughs) holiday. (laughs) Eat the food, eat, eat anything that you want. And, you know, just don't beat yourself up about it. No labels on it. Just have a good time. Mm-hmm. And we are so thankful for you for being part of this community, for allowing us to be part of this community and uh, coming back week in, week out. We really are uh, thankful. Very, Thank you. very grateful. Today we are interviewing Chelsea Pruitt. Chelsea is a licensed therapist with Synergy Wellness Group. Uh, Chelsea specializes in treating eating disorders at all ages, substance abuse, general mental health, as well as trauma. Hi, Chelsea. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. I'm very excited to be here. We're super excited to have you. I know I've known you for a long time. Um, yes. You know, very like I met you at Cycle Bar back in the day when I used to spin all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, now I just spin a little bit. I have my own bike at home, not a Peloton, but an Echelon bike at home. And I just spin here and I don't do it in the crazy aggressive. Um, what's what's the super competitive way that I used to be addicted to at cycle bar oh yeah oh yeah one more twist one more gear right like (laughs) so aggressive I remember my very first spin class before I actually auditioned to be a cycling instructor um I was dying like I could ride my bike on the road bike for four hours and be like I'm fine I literally went to one cycle bar class and I was literally dying so (laughs) yeah it was intense (laughs) I'm like, are my legs supposed to be tingling 11 minutes in? But then, <laughs> then they just kind of go numb and you power through and it, you get sort of addicted to that nonsense. I've only done one class and I could not power through. <laughs> I think I may have made it to the 11th minute. I'm not even sure what happened. I think I passed out. You're that's, like, I'm just going to go ahead and tap out right now, 11 minutes in. Yeah. That's awesome. See, I know Chelsea through this like health sort of field industry. And then I came to learn that you were also vegan, which I mm-hmm. am as well. And then we just kind of bumped paths every now and then and most most recently at a festival. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're out in the world now. Like since I've known you, you've graduated and done all the things to get licensed as a therapist and I'm just like, wow, now, now you do this thing. We should connect on this level. So absolutely, I love the way the world works like that. Yeah, Um, it's amazing. And, and it's so fun to run into somebody that you've known throughout the years of like living in Arizona and this vegan lifestyle and 
you make the best pastries in the whole world. So it's always <laughs> fun to go to the, <laughs> the vegan festivals and be like, I got to go see Mandy. <laughs> Thank you. So. I know today we're going to talk a bit about eating disorders, which I tend to say disordered eating. Is there a way we should be phrasing that? Is one way more acceptable than another? They're kind of overlapping, but uh, disordered eating is is different than an actual eating disorder. It's when you get into the eating disorder kind of category, that is an actual diagnosis from the DSM. Disordered eating is not a diagnosis. Oh, that's awesome. Could you maybe break down the difference between the two or define them a little bit more for us? Yeah. So disordered eating is really where somebody is not as severe. So, right. They might be doing um, some extreme dieting. They might be doing cleanses a lot. They might start some restrictive eating. They might start to excessively exercise and maybe it's not to the point of an eating disorder, but they're starting to do some of those characteristics that we see in eating disorders. So it's kind of before they become extreme. Okay, so a lot so of, a lot of similarities. I gotcha. So I, fe I feel like I've seen a lot of people with these early stages, like disordered eating patterns where they go totally oil-free, totally sugar-free. No, no, the SOS diet kind of boggles me. People that don't do salt, sugar, and oil. I'm like, how do you eat? Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I get that you can, it just seems so freaking difficult. And I'm like, is your life even enjoyable at that level? But right, right. And I think that's the challenging piece is some of these bad diets, they're so restrictive that they don't have sustainability to them. And so you get into into a cycle of, of bad diets, and then feeling shame that you didn't do it because you're depriving yourself, right? And then you, you kind of start to in increase your eating. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I fell off. I feel shame. I'm not happy with my shape, my shape or my weight. And then all of a sudden I'm trying another fad diet. And it's a very, it's a vicious cycle really, because a lot of these diets that are fad diets, they're not sustainable. Right. And I think that's where we start to fall off when you do something that is just so restrictive, you can't manage it for a long term. Then you fall, like you said, that cycle, you fall off and you just eat everything in sight. And then you totally, I, don't know. I remember my mom doing the cabbage soup diet. When I was a interesting, kid. <laughs> they actually recommend. So I did pageantry growing up, and the coaches would actually recommend that. And I tried it like for one week, the very first week I did pageantry, and I said, "This is so ridiculous! Like it is not healthy whatsoever. It's not very balanced." I mean, I love cabbage, but I don't know that I could eat that like as you know what I mean, like a full a full meal plan. And just yeah. from a nutritional standpoint, right. I like I question as like there's not a lot of nutrition in this. And how is this going to keep me going? Like, how does it help with my endurance? I didn't know much, but those are the questions that were in my head. And I, it didn't make sense to me. Miley's like, I don't have enough calories going in to even do my hair. So um, that's wild. Could you maybe talk to us a little bit about um, in your work, have you seen an increase lately in disordered eating? Do you think this is a more something that society is maybe struggling with a little bit more than in the past? Um, I think so. I mean, I think disordered eating and eating disorders have been around for a very long time, but I do think that the pandemic has definitely created some more disordered eating. I think schools and bullying um, has have increased. I mean, kids are brutal these days. I mean, you should hear some of the things that I hear from my kiddos that I see as patients and 
some of the things that these kids say to these young girls or young boys is really cruel. And they internalize those messages. Not even probably direct messages. It's there's always there's also a lot of indirect messages from social media, from overhearing of other conversations, from marketing too, I I assume. Oh, I I completely agree with that. And I, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them, these what I eat in a days on social media, they can actually be really toxic, right? So if I have disordered thinking about my body and my shape, and then I look at this what I eat in a day, and they're completely restricting. And I'm like, oh, well, if they look like that, and that's all they're eating, I must be eating too much. And now I'm going to continue to restrict. Um, and just similar to kind of the message that you received when you were in pageants, right? How old were you when you were doing that? And you received a message that you should start using this really restrictive diet. So I wonder, does disordered eating, you had said it comes before e developing an eating disorder. Yeah. I also imagine once you have developed that disorder, you probably continue some of that disordered eating as like habits or lifestyle that contributes. Would you say that that's like a risk factor or it, it puts you probably at risk for an eating disorder, but not necessarily, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you will develop one, right? It just means that you're more- Absolutely. It means that you, um, that you should just be aware, right? That you should just be aware of some of these things that you might be developing. How rigid are you with the things that you're putting? I think a lot of people that end up with eating disorders and struggle with eating disorders is this very rigid thinking or these rules around food. What am I going to eat? How am I going to eat it? And how much, right? And so um, there's a lot of food rules when we're talking about eating disorders. And so that can kind of be a little bit of a precursor to an eating disorder. But again, disordered eating does not mean that one, oh, if you're starting to have disordered eating, you're going to get an eating disorder, you know? So as a lay person, what kinds of signs might we, might be something that we want to look for in a friend or even for me? So I'm a dentist and mm -hmm. I know that there are some signs that I'm looking for in the mouth for people who may have an eating disorder, probably right. not a disordered eating. I, I don't know the signs for that unless I engage in a conversation with them about their lifestyle and or their eating habits. But specifically in the mouth, I can see signs of an eating disorder or possible signs, and I can start that conversation with the patient. But what about a lay person or a friend? What might be some signs that we want to look for, for either someone who's developing a disordered eating mm -hmm. or an eating disorder? Yeah, I think, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about, right? Like how rigid are you with the food? Maybe they're, they're starting to label food as either good or bad, right? Um, having kind of that, oh, I can't eat that, that's bad, or I can only eat this, this is good, right? Getting very rigid on what you're consuming. Um, eating to deal with emotions. If somebody is struggling with all kinds of emotions and they're eating to deal with emotions or they're restricting because they don't want to deal with emotions. Cause I think eating disorders can be a coping skill um, and calorie restriction, um, extreme dieting, those types of things. Um, you, you can kind of recognize with somebody, right? Maybe they're a little bit more irritable and you're like, Hey, I haven't seen you eat all day. Is everything okay? You know, um, Cog, there's, there's a lot of medical things. And just like you were talking about being a dentist, you can start to see 
mouth stuff, right? Because of purging that can really uh, tear up the mouth and, and do a lot of damage that way. It can damage the esophagus. With eating disorders, there are a lot, a lot of medical things that start to happen when you start to have an eating disorder. So it's important that if you do see someone with disordered eating, that as a friend, that you kind of can be able to have that conversation with them early on. I've definitely struggled with some disordered eating in the past. And I'm, I, I say a lot that I'm sort of like a goldfish. Like I don't snack throughout the day because if you put mm. a snack in front of me, I just eat till I finish it. Like I eat a meal. I eat until I'm full. Like mm-hmm. don't give me, don't give me snacks. Cause that's a great way for me to just like check out and not notice what I'm eating in a day. Um, And I mean, I've definitely done a lot of those things where I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't be eating this. I shouldn't eat that. I should eat this. If you have friends that maybe suddenly won't go out to brunch with you, won't come have a meal, they're like, oh, I can't eat that. That's terrible. I've been eating so bad lately, blah, 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 blah. Like those are definitely things I've heard around me. I think, Mm -hmm. I mean, personally, I just try to eat for I try to eat for nutrition. First of all, I try to get as many, I'm vegan, but I try to, and there's tons of vegan junk food out there. Don't get it twisted. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the fun stuff, but it does definitely, you notice a way you feel when you're eating whole foods and you're eating lots of fruits and veggies mixed into your fun foods, breads, pastas, no food is the devil. So like kind of letting go of a lot of that and just eating to where I know I've, I've, I'm, comfortable and I don't need to eat to the bottom of the bag. (laughs) You know what Um, we call that? We actually call that something and we call it intuitive eating, right? So um, I am, I am eating intuitively. I know when I'm hungry and I know when I'm full and if I see something, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to be okay with it. I'm not going to label it as bad. I can open the fridge and go, Hmm, that looks good to me. I'm going to go ahead and eat it without putting a label on it. And I think one thing you talked about was having a variety of food right? If I'm only going to eat junk food 100% of the time, that's not really giving you variety, but you can have some junk food and you can have, right, some cookies and you can have vegetables and you can have fruits and you can have a variety of food um, and, and hopefully get to intuitive eating, which is always the goal for eating disorders, right? So being able to, to intuitively eat and feed your body. Yeah, you're hungry for a reason. You need some food. You do literally need calories to get through the day. Carbs are not the yes. devil. They feed your brain. You can't think without them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely. That makes me more crazy than when people are like, I don't, the keto diet still kind of makes me nuts. And there are people that that is medically necessary for, I think your doctor prescribes it to you. And like, maybe that's something that works for you. But when people are so bonkers on eating a carb, I just, I, I'm like, I gotta go. I can't, I can't be Carbs are this. so good for you. They feed your brain. They keep you going. They're energized. Like I love carbs. I could eat like potatoes all day. <laughs> I've, I've recently fallen back in love with potatoes and I'm eating like potatoes probably four days a week. I mean, they're not like at every meal, but I'm going through way more potatoes than I was for a while. <laughs> yeah. Never give me that up. But you know, oh, this, this conversation reminds me about some of the thoughts that have been going on in my head in preparing for this episode, but I love your concept or you introducing the, the concept of intuitive eating, because even just a few minutes ago, when you're talking about being mindful of emotional eating, or being mindful of what your, you know, the decisions or thoughts that are either one, 
that you're thinking of or two that are a result of the environment or things that you're exposed to, the messaging that you're exposed to, right? Because I'm sitting here thinking, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I try to think, or at least I think I try to be self-aware and I don't think I have disordered eating or an eating disorder, but I might, you know, you never know what you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm thinking sometimes I go eight hours without eating because I'm so busy or mm-hmm. I'm having a, you know, I got dumped or I'm struggling You know, I can emotionally eat because I just need a little bit of comfort. But maybe in my head, I'm thinking maybe what it is that we're looking for is a pattern of that, that is destructive to your life because I, I'm the first one to say sometimes I go home and I do need that glass of wine or I do need that bag of potato chips and I eat the whole bag all by myself because I'm having such a, a, a bad day. And so sometimes like there are days where I need that, but I don't think I'm that way all the time. Well, I think that's, and I love that. And I, I'm giving you permission to go home and eating that bag of chips and having that glass of wine, right? And I think you said it perfectly is, is is the eating pattern starting to affect your life, right? Because when we start to get into um, disordered eating or eating disorders, am I still going to participate in life? Am I still going to show up to events and participate and eat in front of my friends and eat in front of my family? And, uh, And when you start to cross over into that eating disorder, it really, really affects every area of your life. I imagine similar to having an alcoholic in your life, it starts to trickle down and everyone around you becomes affected by it at some point or Mm -hmm. any kind of addict, I guess. With the social media aspect specifically, how is that since COVID or since the pandemic has social media, how has that affected eating disorders uh, or even just disordered eating? I mean, I don't follow the Kardashians, but I know they're they widely influence with just the most, the simplest picture or the smallest little thing, the waist trimmers, the teas, the, the, all the bullshit that they talk about. Oh yeah. There's like slimming tea. I'm like, Oh yeah. All of it. I'm like, I've been drinking green tea every day since I was 18. It's good for (laughs) you, but it's not going to make your problems go away. Right. I think, yeah. Um, social media has played a huge role, a huge role. Um, and there's actually eating disorder, positive accounts that are out there. Um, there are, you know, like I said, what I eat in a day, um, the fad diets, uh, people posting their bodies and thinking that that's how they look every single day when they probably were prepped for a photo shoot. There was probably a lot of water restriction and probably a lot of food restriction in order to look the way that they did for that photo shoot um, that they're posting. It's like, no, this is how I look every day. It's like, but well, do you? And so I think that, yeah, absolutely. I think social media plays a huge role. I actually read an article recently that talked about somebody was recovering from an eating disorder, an adolescent. Um, they blocked all of these eating disorder, pro eating disorder accounts, and they are still popping up minimum three times a day on their feeds. So they, they just can't get away from it. And, um, and who would have any idea about that? We would have no idea. And even though they're blocking them and stopping them, they're still popping up. Yeah. The which algorithms. is triggering, which is extremely t- triggering. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. really sad that we can't have mechanisms in place and even with the blocking mm-hmm. still happens. Yes. Like Mandy just said algorithms mm-hmm. are. They find you. Yeah. They find is, you. 
<laughs> is there, are there other things we can do on social media? I mean, does it come down to things like reducing the amount of time that we spend on social media, blocking accounts that make us feel bad? I think, I think a lot of us have heard a lot of those things. Are there other things we can do when we see things online that just aren't flat out healthy for us? Yeah, I think both of the things that you talked about, right? Blocking the things that aren't that aren't aligning up with where you're going. It's easy to get into the rabbit hole of social media. So, you know, checking in, like, am I like zoning out on social media? If I start to see that I'm getting into this zone, put it down, like take a step away from it. I think when you talk about things that are triggering, you're going to get triggered throughout, throughout the day. I mean, if you are struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder, things are going to trigger you. So I think implementing and learning coping skills on how to deal with that and how I can either take my coping skills either into further into my eating disorder or my uh, disordered eating, or can I take my triggers and use it for recovery, right? Use it towards the opposite way. So I think learning how to cope with your triggers, I think is, is huge as well, which is, is, priceless. And I imagine that's a lot of what people are going to get out of, you know, if they get to the point of in-person treatment um, mm -hmm. or, you know, therapy where it's like recognizing when you're triggered because awareness is kind of the first step. And some people sit in that step for a long time. And then it's mo like moving past the awareness and taking action and doing something about it. And uh, recognizing what is it I'm feeling? What am I triggered? Like I'm being triggered. What am I feeling? And what does it make me scared of? Because usually totally. there's like a, a fear of something. What, I, I guess I'm like, what, what are you seeing most right now in this space? And what's most concerning? I think, I think the thing that we're seeing most right now, or at least for me, is just this poor body image, right? This, this really kind of my self-worth is based off of this exterior body in which I'm moving around life in and really working on building self-compassion, those internal things that you have that are so valuable, that are so unique to each individual, identifying those and celebrating those and going, okay, this skin suit in which we're walking around does not define you. <laughs> There's so much more to you than, than what people see on the exterior and, uh, and just really kind of working on that a little bit more. Yeah. So just poor body image. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree that I love that you said skin suit. Cause I was literally just about to be, to say something very similar, like this bag of skin with bones and stuff in it is not all that you are like, yes. you're not your job. You are not what you ate today. You are not how you physically appear. You are not your thoughts. You know what I mean? Like you are totally, you are the things you want to be. So I don't know. We're all so unique and different. Are there any tips that you would give people who are struggling with body image to sort of step out of that mindset and check in? Absolutely. I would say really just be mindful about checking this idea of labeling the, the good or bad foods. Check in with this bad diet. Is it sustainable? How is it affecting your mood? How is it affecting your relationships? Um, how is it affecting your energy levels? Those types of things. Um, and then really just checking in with this positive self-talk, maybe even using a uh, body neutral lingo, right? It does this outfit make me feel good versus like, do I have to look in the mirror and how do I look? Right. And so just, do you feel comfortable in it? I actually challenge a lot of my, my patients to get dressed without looking in the mirror and seeing if it feels good. And if it feels good to you, go ahead and leave the house. That's okay. 
I think really just, just checking in with yourself, checking in and saying like, where am I at today? And I think that there's a lot of things that you, that you can do, but really just checking in with how we're talking to ourselves. It can be so, we can beat ourselves up so much. And, and with that, there are a lot of really positive things on social media as well. There's a lot of pro uh, eating disorder and recovery. And so um while we have some of this bad stuff, I think that there is a lot of good. We have an Instagram account. Um, I actually got the the skin suit in which we're walking around with from Winter, who's one of our primary therapists that uh, she's phenomenal. We're very active on social media, on Instagram. So we are always, the whole team, we're always posting things. We have dietitians that are extremely phenomenal. They are like, they're like geniuses in the, the dietitian world. They're so fun to work with. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of positive too. Is there yeah. a way if, if anybody listening has maybe come across someone who maybe they themselves are struggling and they're uh, not able to kind of get a handle on it on their own, or maybe they see a friend or family member that's struggling, is there a way to approach that person to maybe say, hey, you know, I noticed this. What are you thinking about this? I'm wondering if it could be X, Y, Z. Yes. So I think it has to be with um, <laughs> treaded lightly, right? This is a very uh, sensitive subject. Um, but I think that if you always come from curiosity and and true concern and kindness, like I think that people are open to having conversations. So I always say, if you're going to talk to somebody about something that you're concerned with, go in with curiosity, listen, right? Don't go in there and be a fixer. Just, just go in there and support because we don't know what, what they have to say about what you might be seeing. It could be much more than that. That's yeah. amazing. If you're, if you're struggling and you know that you're struggling and you can't seem to get a hold of recovery or uh, normalize your eating patterns, come and see us, right? We have an amazing team of dietitians and therapists. Um, we're an outpatient treatment center. So well, treatment we're outpatient treatment. So we're actually not like a treatment center. So we try and prevent the inpatient treatment as much as we can. So you're working with a dietitian and you're working with a therapist. We're trying to normalize the eating hab habits, um, normalize eating plans and, uh, and work on that kind of internal dialogue that you might have going on. So if I may, before we wrap up the session, one of the messages that I try to share when I have patients with eating disorders is actually a message that one of my patients with an eating disorder shared with me. And so yes. please let me know, like, correct me if I'm wrong, or please add to it. But one of the things that she shared with me is that eating disorders kind of, they, they will last your whole life. Even if you recover, there's always that risk for relapsing. And so it's a constant daily battle. And there's a battle of feeling shame and feeling guilt and also the stigma of it. And when she first came to me, she said that the, one of the reasons why she came to me was because the last dentist made her feel bad for having mm -hmm. a disorder and mm -hmm. that she had to fix her teeth because it was her fault that her teeth were all messed up. And so one of the lessons I learned from her was to kind of pass that message along and saying, you know, there's lifelong effects that come from eating disorders, like specifically in your mouth, but it's nothing that we can't fix or nothing that we can't work on and that it is a daily battle and we need to practice empathy and compassion and kindness for each other. And so, uh, you know, she taught me that I, I want to make sure I always come from a place of you know, non-judgment and that I'm here to help. And I'm curious about how she's doing today versus, you know, any other day that I work with her. 
I'm always checking in with her to kind of see like, how's it happening or how, how are things going with that? Because there are some days where she's like, I, I do need to vomit some days because my esophagus no longer works as well before. So it's kind of out of her control, but she still needs to vomit sometimes. And so we work through that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I completely agree. It, it is a battle. Um, I think that there are even people who have been in recovery for a long time. Sometimes this eating, di- eating disorder voice will pop up and they're like, wait, hold on. That's the eating disorder voice. That's not my voice. And they like push it down. Uh, but absolutely coming from a place of empathy, there, there can be a lot of shame and a lot of secrecy in eating disorders. And so if you are working with somebody who is working towards recovery from an eating disorder, you got to create that non-judgmental space. Yeah, absolutely. That's Thank you great. for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Thanks so much for being with us, Chelsea. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you want to make sure people hear or have awareness of? Um, I think really the, the biggest point is that I get so many people who might be a little bit very much into their eating disorder and feeling like the person the person who I was before my eating disorder seems so far away. Like that just seems like a completely different person. It just seems like recovery is so far away, but I am here to say that like recovery is possible and Synergy will be there to support you every step of the way. I love that. It's awesome that we have resources like you in the community. Do people need to be Phoenix local to be a patient of Synergy? Um, so for me, I'm licensed only in the state of Arizona, so, um, I can treat anybody in the state of Arizona, but, um, some of our dietitians are actually multi-state licensed. And so they can see, um, a wide range. I think Christine center, she's been, um, she's the owner of the facility. She's been in the eating disorder world for 30 years. She's phenomenal. You just fall in love with her the second that you meet her. She's a powerhouse. Um, she's, I think, licensed in Florida, in Arizona, in a couple of different places. We have a, another one who is kind of north um, and also Arizona. And so we can treat outside of here. But for me, me specifically, I'm only Arizona. Awesome. That's good to know. So yeah. people can look into it. And if it's not, you know, if there's not someone there licensed to treat them in their area, um, maybe, you know, send them some references or something if it's outside of your scope. Oh, absolutely. That means you and that person has to be in Arizona. Do you offer any online services? Yep. So I can do telehealth and in person. Um, Let's say that somebody is up in Flagstaff and they want to be treated by us. We can definitely do telehealth. Got it. Excellent. Yep. I know a lot of people are still really comfortable with that level of service. Oh yeah. I have a, I have, I would say I'm 50, 50. I really have um, quite a few people and they're in town, but they just feel more comfortable doing telehealth. And then I have people who want to come in person and whatever works for them works for me. Oh my gosh. If I don't have to drive somewhere, that's <laughs> like, that's especially awesome. the traffic is starting to pick up in Arizona again. So whew, I get it. Yes, indeed. Plus you don't have to put pants on if you're doing a telehealth visit. You only really have to be dressed from like the from like here down yeah stand up to pick up anything or to close the door open the door right just stay seated your instagram handle and any other pieces of information you'd like to uh, share with the listeners for them to get a hold of you yes so um you can contact us you can find us at synergywellnessgroup.com i'm pretty sure that's our website oh my goodness i might have just totally messed that up but you can find us on synergy wellness you'll be able we'll pop up 
Um, and okay. then our Instagram is Synergy Wellness. And then we have a Facebook page too, which you can just type in Synergy Wellness and we'll pop up. That's and fabulous. the way you spell Synergy is S-I-N-N-E-R-G-Y. Yep. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for being um, with us today. Yes, thank oh you. Oh my for gosh, this was a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, ladies. It was awesome. I love I it's could talk about great. eating disorders all day. Yeah, absolutely. 